when there's uh, you know criminals coming at you from all different angles. Um, sometimes, if there are um, kind of basic protections in place that don't provide a second layer of defense, once you click on that link um, and they're able to get a foothold, move around, it's just a matter of time. Welcome to Paychex Thrive, a business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, this is Gene Marks, and welcome back for another episode of the Thrive Podcast. Thank you so much uh, for being here, and thank you for Paychex for putting this podcast on. If you're watching us uh, on YouTube or you are listening to us, uh, we have a lot to share with you today. I have got Jonah Wish with me today. Jonah is the program director of the National Cyber Security Center. Jonah, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, Gene, thank you for having me. So you're uh, you're in Nebraska now, but the C- National Cyber Security Center is in Colorado Springs, correct? Correct. Yeah, my wife and I, we live in Omaha, Nebraska. Here, We've been here for about two and a half years. We used to live in Colorado Springs, and we were there for a few years. Um, so I've been working remotely out here from Omaha. Uh, a lot of the work that we do is in Colorado, but a lot of it is national as well. Yes. Um, so <laughs> very uh, cool. Yeah. You know, it's just my wife and I were just in uh, Colorado Springs uh, last year. We stayed at the Broadmoor Hotel. Man, that place yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Uh, it's so nice. And Colorado Springs is a great area, but so is Omaha. So very nice. So, um, so first of all, let's talk about. Uh, before we talk about the National Cybersecurity Center, and obviously a lot of this will dovetail, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what's your background, and um, how did you ultimately become the program director there, and, and what does the program director do? Yeah, uh, great question, Gene. Thank you for that. Um, so I've got a little bit of a, an interesting background when it comes to cybersecurity. Um, yeah, I've been at the NCC for about two and a half years now. Uh, you know, started as a coordinator, moved up manager, director. Um, and oversee a good amount of programs now. But before that, um, my undergraduate degree is actually in helping human performance and did a lot of work in data science and in the analytics side of uh, athlete management systems um, and then moved into um, more of a business and operations role with the NCC and um, helping grow programs and helping reach more of an audience. Um, So I don't you know, when, when it comes to cybersecurity, in terms of the advisory and the consulting side of things, um, that's what the, a lot of the work that we do, especially in Colorado. Um, I'm never going to say that I'm a hands-on keyboard. That's a phrase we like to use. <laughs> I'm not the hands-on keyboard expert, but we know plenty of them, and we can connect people uh, with the right people to help them in that, in that capacity. Um, yeah, we live here in Omaha. Um, I've got an awesome uh, little chihuahua here that my wife got when she was in high school. Uh, <laughs> About 15 years old, and we've got our first uh, baby on the way here, baby boy. He's uh, congratulations. in January, so a lot congratulations. of happening. Thanks. So life is good. Life is good. So let's um, let's talk about the NCC, the National Cybersecurity Center. First of all, you guys are a nonprofit organization, right? You're not you're you're not a a government organization, or are you? Tell us a little bit about you know how you guys are organized, and you know uh, how you're you know you know, how do you operate? Yeah, absolutely. So we are a nonprofit, you know, 501c3 organization. Uh, we do get that question a lot in terms of whether we're a federal agency. You know, when we do work with local governments and they see National Cybersecurity Center, um, they normally ask the question, uh, why are the feds knocking on our doors? And we say, no, 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 you know, we're not here for that. Um, right. you know, we're a nonprofit. And 
Our mission statement, kind of reading word for word here, is to build a collaborative, operational, and interdisciplinary model for cybersecurity and space hmm. that transforms our nation's ability to detect, protect, and deter threats. Um, so touching on that, we are also um, home to the Space ISAC. Uh, ISAC is the Information Sharing and Analysis Center. Um, there's, I know, over a dozen. I don't know the exact number of ISACs there are across the country, but they're uh, aligned with critical infrastructure um, industries, and hmm. uh, ISACs are designed to you know share information as it comes to or relates to cybersecurity threats. So that's one of the really exciting um, you know programs we have. Um, that team is great, and uh, you know being in Colorado Springs, um, great location to have you know the space ISAC. Sure. So who provides your organization's funding? Is it individuals or do you have corporate or commercial or government you know, sources? It's a mixture. Um, mm -hmm. Federal, state, local grants, um, private donations, revenue generation. Uh, we have a mixture of all the above. Got it. Um, okay. So the people that are listening and watching this right now, they're, they're, they're running or managing you know, businesses of all different sizes. And, you know, now that we've sort of got the lay of the land of who you are and who the, you know, the, the NCC is, you know, the, the next question is, you know, why should I care? You know, I'm running yeah. a business, uh, you know, what is, what is the national cybersecurity center have to do with my business? So explain to me why. Yeah. Very good question. So we've got two programs that we run. One is called cyber for government leaders. And the second is called cyber for small business. Okay. Um, so we've done a lot of work locally in Colorado as it comes to small business. We've been running Cyber for Government Leaders nationally for the last couple of years. It's an educational webinar uh, series that we do with open sessions we do with individual organizations, and we're doing the same thing with Cyber for Small Business. Um, in terms of the work we've done with small businesses and kind of you know, why this matters, this conversation, um, I'll, I want to lead with one kind of one talking point, which is around cyber insurance. Okay. Um, so the way that you know, I get questions a lot from small businesses uh, is, you know, what do I start with? You know, wh what is the best way for me to uh, reduce risk? What is the best way for me to, you know, spend my money um, on cybersecurity? Because for them, it's a business decision. Mm. They're, unless they're running an IT or a cybersecurity company, they aren't going to want to spend time learning the technical side. They, you know, they're bringing in an IT vendor, they're bringing in a cybersecurity provider, um, but they want to know from a business perspective how, how to spend their money. Sure. And, uh, you know, there's a, a controversial, <clears throat> um, somewhat of a controversial conversation right now about cyber insurance because premiums have been going up over the past few years as the risk of ransomware has increased. Uh, but my message there is not to you know, throw stones at the insurance companies, but to listen and say, look, everybody in business speaks insurance, even if it's not their first language. Right. Um, you know, they understand different types of insurance, workers comp, um, you know, disability insurance, all of that, um, different types of risk insurance. Cyber insurance is new, and so people are getting accustomed to it. But when it comes to reducing risk, you have to make it, it's all, it all comes down to a business decision. So sure. when you look at your cyber risk uh, you know, survey or questionnaire, you have to fill out every year. And those are probably the, the first areas that you should tackle um, when it comes to monetarily reducing risk. Um, you know, 
deciding what to prioritize. So everyone loves to talk about the security awareness training, um, you know, uh, reducing the risk from phishing, social engineering, all important factors because we know that somewhere around 80 to 90% of attacks originate from some type of human error. Uh, but there are, you know, probably a dozen, two dozen other line items on your cyber insurance questionnaire um, that you need to look at and say, what's going to be the best return on investment here? And if I invest this amount of money in this type of protection, how much is that going to reduce my premium, increase my coverage? And I think in terms of, you know, the language that everybody speaks, I'm trying to find a, a way to talk with small and medium-sized business owners, that that's kind of how you have to approach it and not trying to go through hey, let's fill out this 150 question, you know, technical questionnaire sure. to, to try and get them to understand where their technical gaps are. Um, a little bit of a long-winded answer, but... No, it's, it's interesting about cyber insurance. Well, like it used, back in the day, it's been around for a while now, probably about yeah. a decade. And back in the day, it was like, just like added into like a typical commercial insurance, probably like, yeah, we're throwing it in cyber insurance. Now it's become like insurance companies are like, Oh my God, what have we got into here? This is becoming like a much bigger thing. Yeah. So now they're like stripping it out and they're creating separate policies with separate premiums and it becomes, um, it becomes that much of a cost. Um, I, I can't imagine why any business would not want to have cyber insurance nowadays. It just seems like, uh, you know, a necessary, I hate to call it a necessary evil because the you know, insurance companies wouldn't like that, but it just seems like something that, you know, you got to have. So, okay. So fair enough. So, you know, is is your role as the, at the NCC like to to um, you know educate businesses on the value of having cyber insurance, or to help us choose cyber insurance, or uh, to give us questions? Because in other words, if I'm sold on cyber insurance, to me it seems like okay, I'll just go to my insurance agent and they can explain to me what the policy is. You know, how can you help me? And yeah, that, you know, yeah. That in terms can. of if you're going to directly to your insurance provider and you're saying you. Know, what are the details of my policy? Um, you know, they'll spend as much time as they want to to go through, you know, what the uh, items there, you know, that you need to check off in terms of check boxes sure. on your questionnaire. Uh, what we want to provide in terms of value is, um, you know, locally in Colorado and nationally for small businesses, or I'll just say SMBs in general, is that uh, when you don't have someone on your team that understands the uh, what type of timeline and technical requirements there are for all of the items on that list or in any assessment in general mm. is why is this important to your business? Why, do, why actually does it reduce risk? Because um, if you don't know the technical background of you know, something on that questionnaire, if it's implementing endpoint detection and response, if sure. I know nothing about that as a service or as a, a product or a tool, uh, to me, it's a checkbox, but sure. business owners do need to understand what what it actually is behind that, um, so they know their responsibilities to um, to bring in if they need to bring in a vendor to make it happen, if they need to have someone on their staff manage it over time. Sure, um, you know that's kind of where we want to come from. So when it so so Jonah, you know, currently, um, if if I'm as a business looking, you know, and considering cyber insurance. How, how can you guys play a role in that? How can you help me? Yeah. So since we're located in Colorado, you know, we have a lot more connections um, network-wise to uh, different service providers, different uh, consultants within that region. Mm -hmm. you know, as the National Cybersecurity Center, we're looking to expand our footprint uh, nationally, um, state by state and um, you know, organization by organization. 
Um, if a, a small or medium-sized business reaches out to us, uh, you know, with specific questions on how do I, you know, tackle this issue, um, we're going to approach it from an education perspective. We'll have educational materials, um, you know, resources that we can point them towards, um, and then we have connections professionally that we can, um, you know, point them in the right direction, connect them with individuals. Mm. Uh, when it comes to cyber consultants, if, if you're, um, if you do have a cyber insurance provider. Um, this is a little bit of a side note, but if you do have cyber insurance and you, you are currently experiencing or you, you um, have experienced some type of cyber incident in the past, right. they, they really should be the first person you reach out to. Um, you know, I always put that disclaimer out there. You know, we are here to provide resources and point people in the right direction um, when it comes time. However, your cyber insurance provider is going to, if you make a claim, in order to make a claim, you need to use their resources to clean right. up issues. Um, right. So I always put that out there. Um, on you know, the, 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 the organization, the NCC uh, you know, mentions different types of cyber guidance. Yeah. There's the SBDC cyber guidance, which I'm assuming is the Small Business Development Center cyber guidance. Correct. Um, there's the CISA cyber guidance and there's the NIST Yes. Uh, you know, cybersecurity corner, you know, is what it's called. Can you, can you explain to us what all three of those are so that we have an understanding of these types of, you know, programs? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the most utilized cybersecurity frameworks, there's the, what's called the NIST CSF. NIST is the National Institute of uh, Science and Technology, I believe. Okay. Um, CSF is the cybersecurity framework. Okay. That is used kind of as the most basic overarching framework for how to approach creation and development of a cybersecurity program. Um, they break it down into identify, protect, detect, respond, recover, and govern, and the different protections that, uh, you know, subcategories within that. Um, then CISA, or the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, that's a federal agency as well. Um, they have different, uh, you know, models and protections that they recommend. Um, there are, are other NIST uh, frameworks that are more in-depth that are for more so DOD and federal agencies to comply with and follow that are extremely detailed in terms of 500-page documents with endless mm -hmm. amounts of controls. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other most popular framework is called the CIS Top 18 um, that is the Center for Internet Security. Okay. So we always promote those two top 18 controls in terms of, you know, different buckets or categories of how to approach a cyber program. So what does a framework mean then, Jonah? Like, you know, again, for, for a small and mid-sized business, um, say they want to comply with, you know, with, you know, with, the, you know, the CISA framework or the you know, yeah. NIST framework. What, what do you mean by framework? Yeah. So when it, it relates to a small or SMB community. Um, they're going to have different uh, regulations that need to reply or um, comply with HIPAA, um, GDPR, uh, sure. regulatory frameworks. You know, they have their own specific list of checkboxes that you need to comply with. Uh, frameworks are more to help someone who's creating a cybersecurity, you know, defense, increasing their defense posture, mm -hmm. giving them a, a guideline for how to do so. So breaking different protections into categories, like I mentioned with the, the NIST CSF, identify, detect, protect, respond, recover, govern. Um, sure. So any type of you know, security or defense um, 
you know, concept, uh, you have, you know, different you know, aspects of that. If we're talking physical security, um, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, human resources, physical or, uh, you know, technology resources, you know, every type of security industry has different ways to break things down. Um, and there are, those are the two most popular frameworks, the NIST CSF and the CIS top. Eight. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, there, there are a lot of cybersecurity risks that are out there. And, and you had mentioned earlier in this conversation about ransomware, which still remains to be, um, the biggest. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, if, if, when you talk to business owners, um, what risks are you making them aware of? And, what do you see growing? I'm assuming AI and deep fakes and things like that all have an implication. I'm curious to see what you're seeing out there and what you're recommending to business owners when, uh, you know, that they'd be aware of. Yeah. In terms of what leads to loss, which, you know, that is what um, yeah. is most important to think about. It's business email compromise and ransomware. Um, so business email compromise uh, for the listeners out there, as an example, um, let's say, you know, a criminal is able to get into the email systems of one of your, um, construction, uh, vendors, right. and they're able to invoice you for a certain amount, you know, which includes bank account information and you don't have the necessarily, uh, you know, dual authentication or, um, even dual approval for uh, an invoice or any other type of, you know, internal policy for, um, sending and transferring money hmm. and someone in your accounting apartment just hits send and all of a sudden there's a million dollars you can't get back for a construction project that won't happen because you know you you sent the money to somebody else sure um so that happens really frequently and the way that that can happen is you know a couple of different means but um when what it comes down to is a criminal needs access to um to email systems of either you or someone you communicate with. Right. Second there on ransomware. Um, ransomware is the end, uh, the, the outcome of multiple different, you know, endless possibilities of what we call attack vectors. Yeah. And what I mentioned earlier, the um, vast majority, 80 to 90% of uh, ransomware, other types of cyber attacks initiate from some type of human error. So, you know, counted in that is, you know, the mistakes that I made human error in sure. uh, enabling, you know, the business email compromise, clicking on a link, uh, clicking on a link in a phishing email, um, answering a phone call and giving out information that I shouldn't to someone I thought was a trusted source, um, even someone coming into your office in person. Um, so, you know, a lot of this does just come down to common sense. Sure. But when there's, uh, you know, criminals coming at you from all different angles, um, sometimes if there are um, kind of basic protections in place that don't provide a second layer of defense, once you click on that link um, and they're able to get a foothold, move around, it's just a matter of time. Yep. They can really do some damage. Yeah, that's, that, that is, I mean, both those are, are big issues. And again, like I mentioned earlier, I'm seeing a rise in, um, I mean, I'm concerned that AI is going to be causing um, a lot of havoc with security. Yeah. Um, and deep. I, I wrote um, a few months ago. I wrote like an entrepreneur magazine about a it's a bank in the Middle East that got deep faked out of like thirty five million dollars because it was, you know, these criminals had taken voice transcriptions of the CEO of the bank and impersonated him and called up the controller and they transferred the money. It's pretty crazy stuff, you know. 
Yeah, that type of, uh, you know, anything that can improve a criminal's ability to, uh, to get past your initial line of defense um, mm. is definitely scary to think about, especially when, uh, you know, one of the talks that I've given in the past, the title was uh, Humans Are the Weakest Link. Yeah. That, um, mm. Really what it comes down to is that they're looking at, first, I have to get past the humans in your environment, and then I, then I need to worry about the technical side, and, um, and that's, you know, how they usually think about it. Which is why training is so important as well, you know, and making sure that your people are up to speed. Do you guys provide, um, you know, any types of cybersecurity training uh, for employees of a company or is it more just awareness based stuff for the actual owners themselves? Yeah. So uh, in terms of security awareness training, we've got uh, a couple of you know, packages designed for different audiences. Mm -hmm. um, one is called Cyber for Executives. Uh, so that's uh, designed for you know, executives of any size company. Um, information on you know, basic cyber threats, cyber protections, uh, regulations, and uh, decision-making um, as it relates to cybersecurity. Uh, cyber for government leaders, which not necessarily relates to the, the SMB space, um, but interesting information. And we've got a curriculum there that we overlap with uh, cyber for small business because regardless of your organization, it, it's, you know, there's a good amount of overlap in the types of protections. So our curriculum, we like to keep it simple. Um, we've called it Don't Get Duped. <laughs> and uh, so we did a, a Duped 1.0, and we're coming out with a Duped 2.0. Um, but Duped 1.0, the acronym Duped, stands for Deploy Multi-Factor Authentication, <laughs> Update Passwords, um, or sorry, up. let me re restart that. We've got a curriculum that's called Don't Get Duped, uh, our duped 1.0, uh, we've run for the past few years, and we're coming out with a duped 2.0. Mm -hmm. uh, duped as double duped, <laughs> du yeah, double duped, yeah. Um, <laughs> but duped 1.0 as an acronym stands for deploy multi-factor authentication, update software, passwords, make them strong, mm. encrypt emails and backups. Okay. And the last one, which is everyone's favorite, is don't click on things you shouldn't. <laughs> That's great. And so, yeah. you know, those are, uh, you know, it's hard to pick, you know, if you were to try to point out what are the top five things you should recommend. Um, but we've simplified it there into our, our don't get duped, uh, which message-wise uh, is, is pretty simple to, to grasp. Um, we had, uh, you know, one of the coolest parts of running that uh, program for me was uh, one of the special guest speakers on our uh, webinars. You know, we had an on-demand and a live format. Um, mm. But we had a, uh, we worked with Robert Herchevec from the cool. Herchevec Group, um, and he's on. He's the one who introduces the uh, the curriculum, and um, obviously he's a really exciting character. Uh, you know, whenever he's on video, um, and uh, having him behind it was was a really cool experience. But don't get duped. Two point is coming out soon, um, and we're excited to work with small businesses on that, that concept as well. You're doing great work. I've been speaking with Jonah Wish, who's the program director at the National Cyber Security Center. Jonah, it's cyber-center.org, correct? Correct. And the takeaway is, is uh, we all need to have cyber insurance. We all need to have the right framework for protecting our businesses. We all need to be following the best practices. And I think, you know, you know, you know, what, what I've learned today is that we can certainly lean on your organization, the National Cybersecurity Center, to help us, consult with us, give advice and educate us to make sure that our businesses are as protected as possible. Did I, did I say that right? 
Yeah, absolutely, Gene. And, you know, whether you're an executive leading a company, whether you're a, a elected leader, whether you're a small business, um, we've got material and resources for you, and we're here to help the best we can. That's awesome. Well, Jonah, thank you very much for joining us. That was really, um, it was a great conversation. I learned a lot and uh, you guys are doing great work. So we'll keep in touch. Alrighty. Appreciate it, Gene. Thanks for your time today. Everybody, you have been watching and listening to the Paychecks Thrive podcast. My name is Gene Marks. If you need any help or advice or would like to suggest any guests for this podcast, please visit us at our site, payx.me forward slash thrive topics. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great guest like Jonah to help educate you and help you run your business. We will see you then. Take care. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash thrive topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Incorporated 2023. All rights reserved.